Hi, this is Christopher Framberg and I'm one of the pastors in SOS Church Stockholm. We are an international Pentecostal church on Kungsholmen with celebrations in both English and Swedish. Our vision is to be a church that is for all people and to all nations that are living the Book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. We hope that this week's message will challenge and equip you to live a strong life together with Jesus. Wonderful. You may be seated. My name is Christopher and I'm pastor, one of the pastors here in the church together with a wonderful pastor's team. And I'm so happy to, to see all of you that are coming in. And I have something I'm super excited about preaching today. We are in the midst of a series we call Focus because we want to focus in on the DNA of this church. And because we, we have a vision that, is, that we want to be a church that is for all people, to all nations, that are living the book of Acts kind of life in Stockholm and to the ends of the earth. So you might wonder, what does that mean and how are we doing that? We are doing it through our DNA or our core values. So last week I was preaching about we make disciples. We believe that, the, that in this church we're all disciple makers. We can all lead someone to salvation. We can all baptize someone. We can all help other people to get in contact with God. Today we're going to preach about we pray with passion. Because we are praying with passion in this place. And um, you know passion is, it, passion is something that is very um, contagious, thank you so much, <laughs> it's very contagious. I remember when I was hanging out with a friend that was very, <laughs> was full of passion about genes. We have different passions. And, and he always spoke about genes and after a while I bought a pair of raw denim jeans. That I didn't wash for over a year. Because if you don't wash them, you know, they, they, they will have your, your smell. <laughs> but but all, also like, like your own um, way, sleetningar. <laughs> I, I don't know the word in English. But, 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 but after a while, and then you wash them and, and it will, you know, it, it will be formed after you. So I didn't wash them for over a year. I had them every day. If they smell, you should put them in the, in, in the fridge so, so that they could cool down. And, and I was single on those days. <laughs> I'm just telling you, so don't try it. It didn't work so good. But it was my genes at least. Uh, passion is contagious, right? Uh, on our Bible school, we're working together with some other churches. And one of the other teachers, I just have to say that he's not from our church, he's from another church. He was very, he has a lot, had a lot of passion about, for birds. <laughs> he always spoke about birds. And then in the end of the school year, when we should have a fun fellowship day, he was like, let's watch birds. <laughs> so he brought in one of the, one of them. I don't know what it's called in English, ornithologue, it's maybe something similar, but it's the one that are expert in birds. So he brought in one of them and we were walking around looking at different birds. And I was thinking for myself, when someone re, you know, really has, have passion about something, they, they, then, then it's contagious and you might find it interesting. So I thought, I'm going to find this interesting. But the more we were watching these birds, the more I understood that it's not interesting, I mean this is stupid. I mean, it's one thing to hunt, then you can eat it. Or, you know, but just watch the birds. Why should we? 
I couldn't understand how you could, why you're doing it. Going around hour by hour, try to see these small birds. I mean, if, if you like it, God bless you, God is with you, everything is fine. I couldn't find it. That was also contagious for me. But I'm going to speak about that we pray with passion. And I think that is very contagious. When, when my parents were saved when I was around 10 years old, and we came into to some different churches and the first church, first church we joined uh, the prayers was always written so when you came in you were handed, handed a small small booklet and then the prayers were written so you were reading the prayers then after a while we, we visited another church and you were uh, all the prayers was very calm someone could could re pray but not it was not written down you could pray out of your heart by free will but uh, but it was very calm uh, and not many people prayed then I we went on a mission trip to Belarus and to Ukraine and when I came to this mission trip and and I came into a room full of Russian people they prayed very different <laughs> they prayed very different they were praying loud they were raising their hands they were <sighs> often having tears running down their cheek and they were praying with all of their heart and all of their volume, you know, loud, praying loud, loud. Uh, but it was something about that that touched me. I was a young teenager, but every time I came into these prayer meetings, it was something in the air, it was something in the meetings, it was something I couldn't really put words on, but it was something that touched me. And I was very drawn to it. I was drawn to it, I think, for one reason, because it was, they really had passion. And, and at first I was thinking, don't they think that God hears them? I mean, they're shouting so loud as if God doesn't hear them. How can you not hear them when you're shouting that loud? But, but, but I, I, I know, I mean, God is not deaf. <laughs> Before a word is on our lips, God knows everything about that word. So it's not really about that God, that you're shouting loud for God to hear you. It's not really about the volume you're using when you're praying. It's more about the volume of your heart. And if you are crying out with all of your heart, sometimes that raises the volume of your voice. Because it can be hard sometimes to pray with all of your heart quietly. You want to express it. And sometimes you're shouting out, not because you don't think God will hear a quiet prayer. Because He does. And sometimes you can pray quietly with all of your heart as well. But sometimes it's expressed through calling out to God and shouting to the Lord as the Bible speaks about. And the volume is not really a thing, but the passion behind it is the thing. The heart behind it is the thing. And that's what I'm going to speak about today. Because it was something when I was around these people. And that it, sometimes I've been around Christian people and they know a lot about God. But when I met with these people, it felt like they know God. They heard from him. They saw God answering prayers. And I have always been very drawn to that. I don't know about you, but I, I have never been interested to be part of a religious club. Or just coming together because, because it's a tradition. No, I have always wanted to come to church because I want to meet with God. I want, I want to have interaction with God. I believe in a, in a God that is alive. A God that, that wants to get involved in our lives. That wants to change things. I want that that relationship with him I believe that religion is a poison because religion is about your attempt to reach God but the relationship is based on that God reached down to you 
by his grace we couldn't reach him so he reached down to us and because he reached down to us everything is right between you and God when you've been turning to him and giving him your life and now you can pray intimate prayers to a God that loves you and loves to hear you praying so today I'm going to speak about praying with passion and I know that when we pray we get to know God and we start to walk in his power and in his authority the Bible speaks about the law that is called the law of, of sowing and reaping. If you want to reap something, you better sow something. If you don't sow anything, you will not reap anything. And that goes for prayer as well. If you want to walk in the power of God and the miracle life He has for you, you need to sow something in prayer. If you sow very little, you will have very little power and authority. If you sow a lot in prayer, you will have more authority, more power and more faith when it comes to prayer. And, and, and now I don't speak about just praying many hours because it's more about the quality than the, than the quantity. Because it's about your focus. Jesus says that it doesn't matter if you just tell a lot of prayers but you don't have your heart in it. It is what you pray out of your heart that really counts. It's about your focus, right? We're in the focus here. When, when I'm spending time, I have soon four kids. <laughs> soon four kids. So I, I need to pray a lot for God to <laughs> have His grace upon me and help me. Uh, but when I'm spending time with my kids, they see if I'm focused or not. If I'm just sitting scrolling, scrolling on my phone, it, you know, I can spend hours with them. But if I spend 20 minutes full of focus I'm into what they're saying I'm listening I'm interacting with them that means more more for them than five hours of no quality time and I think it's the same thing with God when you're praying out of your heart when you're intimate with, with, with your heavenly father that cat that matters that makes a difference not just rabble you know speaking long prayers okay so we're going to speak about prayer because when you pray you start to dream when you pray you start to hear from God when you pray God starts to move and if we go to the first Christian history book that is called the book of Acts you can see that they were walking in in a tremendous power they saw some amazing things take place but the, the engine behind it all it was prayer they were praying constantly they were praying over and over again and everything was birthed out of prayer so what I have done is that I've been going back and I've been studying the book of Acts. Why they prayed, how they prayed, what happened when they prayed. And I'm going to give you a part of this Bible study today. If I would go the whole one, we would sit the whole day. But I will give you the short version. And now I don't have this clicker. I don't know, buddy, if you can just follow me along. Is that fine? So you can take up the first one. When did they pray in the book of Acts? Uh, they prayed when they didn't know what to do. Jesus had been with him for three and a half years. Now he went back to heaven. Uh, you can just follow me. I don't need it if, if you just follow me on a click with, with PowerPoint. Uh, Jesus, you can take up the next slide. Jesus went back to heaven and now they were alone. Now they didn't really know what to do. They were disoriented. But it's written that when they all, uh, they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So they didn't know what to do. So what did they do? They came together in prayer. When you don't know what, what to do, pray. And then God can speak and God can lead. I, 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 I read about John uh, Gishu that was leading the biggest church in the world. Uh, they started with four people in South Korea 
um, many years ago and in the beginning of I think it was 2005 or something when he was still a pastor there were over 840,000 people in their church so close to a million people in his church and everyone wanted to know what is your secret what have you done and it says I pray I listen and I obey what is your secret I pray I listen and I obey and I believe a lot in that when you pray God is speaking and then you're following that that's the same pattern we see in the book of Acts pray listen and obey next slide uh, they prayed before they selected and installed leaders we know that before Jesus was picking his disciples he prayed a night through and then he was picking the 12 that was going to be his disciples it's written here that in Acts 1 and 24 they, they, Judas, he was gone and they wanted one new apostle among them. So they brought up two people. And then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of, which of these two that you have chosen. And God knows everyone's heart. So when you're making choices, include God. If you are a business leader or a company leader and you're hiring people, I mean, you're doing interviews, but then pray. Ask God, who should I bring aboard? When, when we are, when we are uh, installing leaders in the church, we're praying that God is leading us, that God is choosing and, and, and we try to follow along with that. And that helps us to take much better decision than just by all, our own mind. Because God knows your heart. If you're dating someone, I tell you, don't just look at her or look at him. Pray. Ask God, God you know the heart because I mean it's written that that God sees the heart but man sees the outside <laughs> and how, how, how many knows that we're drawn to the outside to start with <laughs> right <laughs> three people that were honest in part of the pastor's team <laughs> part of the pastor's team that's why we have so beautiful wives right <laughs> no you know you see the outside first but the Lord sees the heart. So pray to the Lord because He can help you take the right decision. And so on in the different decisions you make. Okay, let's go to the next one. They prayed when they were under pressure and persecution. It's written that they have just been in prison and now the church is coming together and they're praying in, uh, in Acts 4.29. Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus verse 31 after they prayed the place where they were meeting was shaken and they all was filled with the Holy Spirit and started to speak the word of God boldly so the whole place was shaken when they were praying I haven't been in a place that is physically shaken but I I, I want to say that I've been in places where all the people gathered are shaken I remember when I came, came to a city named Gormel in, in Belarus. I was still a teenager on one of these mission trips. And when we came there, the secret, secret police had been shutting down a meeting. We were not allowed to meet for a Christian meeting. But the pastor was, was calling around to the church and he invited everyone to his apartment. <laughs> so we came into a packed apartment, like packed, packed apartment. But when we came together there, that place was not physically shaken but everyone in there was shaken by the power of God the, the presence of God was so strong 
people are falling under the power of the Holy Spirit all over. Maybe you've never been in such a place and think, oh, that sounds scary. Yeah, but it was, it was very real. People were touched. I was 14, 15 years old. And, and for hours we were in there and that made such an impression on me because the power of God was in that place. If you need help, if you are under pressure, if, you, if, if maybe, maybe you're facing bu uh, bulleting on your working place because you're a believer or you're under threat, go and pray to God and He can change things. He can shake things and can, He can, can stir you up with new boldness. Are you with me? God can fill you with new boldness so that you don't need to hold back. Then you, so that you can be bold in your faith in Jesus Christ. Prayer is not our last way out. Oh, now all hope is gone. Let's pray. It's not like the last thing we do. It's the first thing we want to do. We want to pray because we believe that God can make, make a change and make a difference. Okay, so how did they pray? That's a question I see all of you wondering. How did they pray? I'm so happy I have it here on the screen. First of all, they prayed habitually. They prayed habitually. Is written in, in, yes, next slide, uh, that one day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. So they had different times when they were praying. They had routines of prayer. And if you want to live a strong, uh, live with a strong prayer life, you need to build in a habit. Doesn't, doesn't matter when it is, but morning is the best, but, but you, you can choose, you can choose. I love to pray in the mornings. Um, but if that is in the mornings, if that is at lunch time, time when you have a break on your work or studying, or if that is at night, doesn't matter when, but that you find a rhythm in your prayer life. So that you don't just pray when you feel like it, because then it's many days you don't pray. But, you, but, but that you pray habitually, praying over and over again. When I was in Bible school 13 years ago, um, I built in a habit to start every day, two cups of black strong coffee, <laughs> a couple of chapters in the Bible and prayer. And that have been carrying me. That is my routine. That is my, that is my habit. And that is carrying me to this day. Building uh, prayers, you pray habitually and not just spontaneously. Number two, okay, we'll go to, go to the next one here. They prayed spontaneously in response to opposition. Okay, I just prayed, said habitually, but they also prayed spontaneously. They met something. In, in Acts chapter 4, uh, John and Peter has just been released from prison. And it's written that when they heard this, they responded to prayer. So it was their first response. Not the last thing, oh, now we need to pray. No, they responded with prayer when they received this news. And they came together praying for God. Uh, next slide. They prayed loud, and this is my favorite point. I love to pray loud. I know that we are different. That if I'm home by myself praying, I'm praying loud. Uh, Acts 4.24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Can you see that? They did not just pray quiet. They prayed quiet as well, but they also raised their voices. And it's not because God doesn't hear us otherwise. It is an expression because you're praying full of passion. You really want to see something and you're declaring with all of your heart. 
So, so you can pray loud and declare things to God because He hears you. And there is one, something more about praying loud and that helps you to stay focused. When I'm tired praying, I always pray loud because otherwise I fall asleep. <laughs> so, but if you pray loud, it's easier to focus on what you're praying for. You formulate prayer, you're speaking it out. It's easier to have your mind fixed on Jesus and pray with focus. So they raised their voices together. Next slide. Uh, they prayed on specific places. And I think this is interesting. They had specific spots where they prayed. It's written that one Sabbath when we went outside the city gate to the river, we expected uh, we expected, uh, let me see, we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak with a woman that gathered there. So they expected that a place of prayer. Uh, you may have your own place of prayer, maybe at home, at your kitchen table, maybe you have a special couch or your bedroom where you often pray. But then you can change, play, change place for prayer. You climb up a mountain somewhere to pray. You have a specific uh, walk. You're walking around in the forest. Or I know that some people are afraid of the forest. You just live in the city. But you can walk around in the city. You can find a special, specific place where you're walking, praying. You might go up on, uh, you know, with a view over the city. And all of a sudden you see something different. And it's easier sometimes to have faith, to have vision when you see more things than if you're just locked in in a dark room. So change the place where you're praying. Sometimes I've been going into an old Lutheran church here in town. Just walking in, sitting, sitting in the front in a big church, praying to God. So change place. I heard someone say, change your place plus change your pace gives change your perspective. So you change place, you change pace, that gives you new perspective. And that can be needed in prayer times. So find some places where you go to pray alone with your God. Okay, next slide. They prayed by themselves. It's written that Peter, he was going to raise a girl from the dead. But before he was doing that, he had everyone leaving the room. He sent them all out of the room because he wanted to be alone with God. And then he was kneeling down and he was praying to God. Sometimes you just need to get alone. You need to be, be with your father by yourself. And then you can pray. Um. Next slide. They prayed together. Sometimes it feels like this goes, oh, pray, pray alone, pray together, pray habitually, pray spontaneously. It, 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 it's not opposite. It doesn't uh, compete with one another. It's complement one another. It helps one another. It's different ways. Here is written that they all joined together constantly in prayer. They came together constantly, praying together. Uh, when did they pray? How did they pray? And now the question is, what happened when they prayed? <laughs> they were praying a lot. So did something happen or was it just a nice time and you feel some goosebumps? And, and, or or you, you calm down, you're conscious, oh, it's good to pray. So now I'm praying so I can check off the list. I have a calendar here. Today I've been praying 30 minutes and you feel like a good Christian. It's not about that. It's not about that. We don't pray for the sake of your conscience. We don't pray because it's good or praying. We pray because prayer works. We pray because God moves when you're praying. We pray because we believe in God. Are you with me? So it's not just for your conscience sake. 
It's not just so that you can check off a mark. We pray because praying works. When you pray, God is moving and He's doing miracle and answering prayer. It's not a religious act. It's a relationship. When you're asking the, your God, the Father in heaven, for help. How many needs help at times? Yeah, some of you and the rest, you are liars, so you need some help too. What happened when he prayed? Places shook. We have already read it, but it happened again. And I, I took the other place here. In, in Acts chapter 16, many of you have read the story. We know that, that Paul and Silas, they're locked in to the innermost part of a prison. And, and they, are, they are in shame in that prison. And when they are sitting there in the middle of the night, hungry, cold, without hope, Paul is looking at Silas and says, Silas, what are we doing? It's not many options. No iPads, no, no movies, no food, no freedom. The only thing we can do is singing. Yeah, but I'm not a good singer. No, neither am I. But let's sing together. <laughs> so they start to worship Jesus. Maybe making some music with those chains. <laughs> and they're worshiping. I think they're worshiping loud. Because they are, they are desperate. They are desperate. So they're worshiping loud. And they're raising their voices. And they're praying to God. And all of a sudden a violent earthquake shook the foundation of that prison. And the doors flow open. And the chains fall off. And they could walk out in freedom. But it started because they did not just worship and pray when they felt like it. They did it when they, need, when they didn't feel like it, but when they needed it the most. When you feel least like praying and worshiping, you need it the most. When you feel, ah, I don't want to pray today, you need to do it. And when you feel I'm shamed, I'm locked in, start to worship. Start to declare His faithfulness. And after a while, things start to happen. Maybe the place you're sitting start to shake. And if that doesn't shake, at least you start to shake. And you're filled with boldness again and the power of God again. Amen. <clears throat> okay. Uh, next slide. What happened when they prayed? This is a story when before um, Paul the apostle, before, before he became the apostle, he was Saul that was persecuting the church. And he was on the horse, on the way to Damascus to persecute the church. And now he was hit down by a big light. He fell off the horse. He was blinded and he couldn't see for three days. He was walking around blind. And when you are blind, you cannot do anything. You often start to pray again because you're desperate. So it's written that he was praying. And then it's written that the Lord spoke to Ananias. It was the disciples. And the Lord told him, Go to the house of Judas on the straight street and ask for a name from Tarsus named Saul. Why? Why should he do it? Why did God speak to Ananias? For he is praying. Paul was praying. Then God sent help. If Paul didn't pray, he might not have received help. And he might be blind for the rest of his life. But he prayed and he was being healed. He received his sight back and it was going to impact the early church more than all other apostles. He was going to write more than half of the New Testament. Why? Because he prayed. What happened when you pray? And what might not happen if you don't pray? That can be a huge difference. 
If he didn't pray, maybe he would have been blind for the rest of his life. We don't know, but we know that he prayed and he received his miracle. What can God do if you start to pray for your situations specifically? Okay, and then this. Uh, they received visions. It's written in Acts 22 and verse 17. When I returned to Jerusalem and was praying in the temple, I fell into a trance or I had an open vision as some translation says. So Paul was in prayer and he received a vision. God gave him a vision. When, when you need an answer for something, when you need help and guidance from God, start with praying. Because when you pray, you can start to see things. You can receive direction. God can guide you and lead you. But it starts with us praying and seeking Him. You seldom have vision watching Netflix. You know, it's often the wrong visions, some, <laughs> at least. And, and, and you might get dreams, but, but maybe night, night dreams after that, you know, or some other dreams. But when you spend some time with God, He can give you dreams and visions that will guide you for the rest of your life. Sometimes He will give life-changing direction. I remember one, one time I was, one early morning I was home praying and the Lord spoke to me. And, and He gave me direction that, that helped me up to this day. Because I, I was about to take a decision but now I got the direction. So I stayed on a working place, I stayed on some decision that I wanted to, to give up on. And I stayed in it because I heard from God. It was so clear so that I could not deny it. I've been having other times when I've been asking the Lord for different things and, and He gave me, gave me just a picture. I'm praying and I see something quickly. And I understand, okay, this is God guiding me. I remember one time I was, someone was asking me to do something. I didn't know if I should say yes or no because I had so much going on. I wanted to do it, <laughs> but I didn't know if I could. So I took it before God and was praying about it. And that night when I went to sleep, I woke up in the middle of the night. I was dreaming. I was having a, red, a small red car uh, at, at that time. And I was dreaming that I was, I was driving into the garage uh, th that we had. But I was driving too fast. And I tried to, I tried to brake, but I could not. So I crashed. I crashed into the wall. And I, I woke up. I had this dream. Just short dream about the car. But I just understood this is the prayer answer. If I take this, I'm driving me too fast and I'm, I'm crashing. I cannot really handle it. So I said no because I had a dream. And I was very happy later on. I said no because I almost felt like crashing without, you know, without taking this on. I had so much going on. But the Holy Spirit wants to guide you when you're praying. So ask Him. He can show you things. He can speak. He can give you dreams. He wants to guide you. Isn't it imagine that we have a God that loves us? That wants the best for us, that can see into the future, that can whisper things and speak things. And some of you say, I, I don't know if I can hear from God. You can hear from God. If you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit living in here and He wants to guide you and lead you. And sometimes it's just with a small voice. Sometimes it's just with a small hint. I always imagining, you know, it's written that the Holy Spirit bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you, but you also have your born again new spirit. And sometimes it's not a clear voice of God, so like, Doo! <laughs> you know, like, whoa, so that you have no doubt. No, sometimes it's a small whisper on the inside. It's almost like for me coming home to small and where I'm from, opening up the door and I, I can, I can smell what my mama been cooking. <laughs> I know the food, I know the smell without seeing it. Ah. It's chicken. You know, like, you know it. And it can be like that with God. You can sniff it. 
maybe you didn't have a vision. Maybe you didn't hear like a trumpet or something written on the wall, but you can sniff it because you've been praying and you, you sense it deep in here. It's a small voice of the Spirit that wants to guide you. Can we stand up together? Today I want to stir you up for prayer. I've been praying that the Spirit of praying is coming upon our church. A longing to go deeper with God. Because we believe in a God that is real. A God that loves you, that wants to guide you. So I've been praying that this upcoming week, the Holy Spirit is going to stir this church for prayer. And I want to challenge you to pray habitually. Find a time that works for you. Where you can go and be alone with God. Find a place where you can go and pray. Pray together with someone. Call up a friend praying. If someone asks you to pray, sometimes I'm sending them a voice, voice message. Praying for them. Instead of just a small emoji like this, praying. You, 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 you don't know if people are praying. But, but if they hear your voice praying, then, then you know it, right? Uh, so so go, get into prayer because praying works. God is moving things when you're working. You don't pray because it's good to pray. You pray because it works. You don't pray, you know, you're praying because it changes you. It changes your heart. And this upcoming week, we, we want to help you to get into prayer. So we will do a fellow fast and prayer Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week. And some of you are like fasting, that's, that's too much. Prayer is one thing, but fasting, that's too much. Uh, if you're interested, it will come up. If you follow us on social media, we will have a podcast coming up about fasting. Uh, if you want to join in three days or one day, but, but it, it will come up with some information about that. We will also have prayer. Uh, we, Elias here will inform you later on, but we will have fellow prayer this week to get us all into just this rhythm of prayer. Because that's a whole new world that is opening up. Where you have a connection with, with your Father, with your God, and you get strong in the spiritual life. You have been listening to a podcast from SOS Church Stockholm. If you want to know more about the church or have information about our Bible school and leadership academy, go online to soschurch.se. We hope to see you soon at a celebration here in Stockholm or at one of our daughter's churches in Gothenburg or Malmö. Have a wonderful week.